Good evening from Plughead Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Avra. And we are here with episode 476 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network for August 20th, 2017. This week, Apple gives us something to not worry about, Blizzard gives us something not to remember, and Facebook gives us something not to hate. Wherever you are and however you're joining us, joining us, thank you for making us a part of your day, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, Google Play Music Podcasts on Android, the myriad of other podcatchers, our live, live streaming services, including Livestream itself, Periscope, Mixer, and YouTube Live, or of course, on our apps, plughitslive.com slash apps. Uh, thank you for making us a part of your day. Uh, there's two ways that you can do that. You can join us live on Sundays through our live streaming services by going to f5live.tv slash join us. Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. And from there, you can chat with us here in the studio, no matter what platform you're on. Um, we've got Periscope open right in front of me, so I can keep an easy eye on that. So if you want to talk to us, that might be your best bet. Um, but the other rooms are open here, too. Of course, if you can't join us live, that is okay. You can subscribe to this show and all of our others by going to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see F5 Live, The Pilch Point with Abram Pilch, which will be in just a little bit. We're going to talk about some resources that might make the Eclipse more interesting for you. Um, our first look series, our special events, um, and a number of other series there as well. Um, and so you can subscribe to all of those right there. Um, I think I just managed to get through the spiel faster than ever, Avram. How are you? Good, good. That's good to hear. Have you? Did you have a good week? Yeah, decent. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of busy. Uh, lots, lots going on. Preparing for, um, preparing for what's going to be a big week this week. Uh, you know, as we know. Uh, as we know, Monday is the eclipse. Yes, uh, which is a big deal for a lot of, uh, for not only for Tom's Guide uh, where I work, but also for Space.com, our our sister site, which sits right next to us. Uh, so, that's that's huge. We do a lot of articles on that, and of course, uh, in in concert with that, Intel is going to be doing an announcement. Uh, they're doing a live stream uh, to announce some information about their next. Uh, CPUs uh, with the Eclipse, so that's going to be uh, going to be big news as well. And of course, uh, Android O becomes official tomorrow. It's it's going to uh, launch cor- uh, alongside the the uh, what's it called the Eclipse. So kind of everybody is doing something uh, <laughs> in in uh, association with the Eclipse. I apologize that my brain went a little sideways for a second because it's it is our weekly Avram pause, so it's it's okay. He's always right back. It's no big deal. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> the eclipse is tomorrow. Intel is tomorrow. Uh, Android O is tomorrow. Looks like Avram's pause might be over. <laughs> it's like every time of the show, like the first fifteen minutes, somewhere around minute fifteen. I have no idea when this happens. What do you think it's going to be named? It depends on whether they made an agreement with Nabisco or not. Uh, there have certainly been a lot of images uh, showing Oreos, but obviously the last time they did a real branded thing, they made an agreement. So it'll be right. interesting to see for sure. Yeah. Maybe it'll be Orangina. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Orangina, it's a soda. Oh, is it? Okay. It's an orange soda. Um, I would hope. It would be weird if it was called that and it was a grape soda. Not common in the United States. Um, But, uh, yeah, who knows? Well, Oreo is a logical choice. We'll have to see if if it pans out. Especially if they're going to launch it alongside the, uh, the Eclipse because, you know, the Oreo is a perfect graphical partner for the Eclipse with its white center and black outside. There's a lot of graphics that could go alongside 
uh, Oreo tomorrow. That's that's true. So uh, that I I kind of assumed that that the visual that the appearance of an Oreo was the reason why they decided to do tomorrow for for uh, Android O, but <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think they should also have one that's like, you know, some kind of parallel processing version of the operating system and call it double stuff. <laughs> that's the opposite of the uh, the new lightweight Android that they announced. Yeah, yeah you know, if it's, if it's like got more stuff, it does more stuff. Maybe dual dual screen, call it double stuff. They could, uh, the, the, the Oreo Thin <laughs> could be yeah. the other one. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Holy cow! Uh, those aren't the only two companies who have tried to latch onto the uh, <laughs> onto the eclipse, though. Wow, has social media been almost annoying with companies trying to to jump on the eclipse bandwagon? <sighs> yeah, it, it it is. Uh, uh, it's a lot of hype, <laughs> you know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll change my mind when I when I actually look at it tomorrow. But right. it just seems like. Could, haven't, couldn't you just see a picture of it? Thank you. No glasses necessary, and you won't go blind either. So, <sighs> you know, if you watch it, watch it on the web, which will be something I'll talk about in my segment. But um, I'm I'm so glad to hear somebody else say, "I don't." What? Shh, calm down. <laughs> you know? yeah, I don't. I I don't know. I just maybe I, I just don't get like. I listen. I like stars. I like space. But like. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not getting it. You have the sun and you have the moon passing in front of in front of it or, or the earth being in such a position that the moon is blocking the sun. Yeah. So, OK, we've seen pictures of what that is going to look like. It's going to be a little darker and the sun is going to be partially obstructed. And uh, it'll be the thing that triggers uh superpowers in certain people oh no wait that was nbc's heroes i apologize oh well if that happens but we won't need to look at it for that like you know i'll just see the people flying around and i'll know and plus you know just as you're getting into it nbc will pull the rug out from you anyway so yes that's true (laughs) but that's kind Uh, of the thing they're known for anyway um that's uh that's Enough NBC bashing. Uh, how about we get into some uh, some news from the week? This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store, the Xbox One X Project Scorpio Edition. Special edition, uh, shown off at uh, Gamescom uh, like a matter of hours ago. Available right now for pre-order. Um, it's it'll be a uh, a special edition that is just just for launch, and then it'll ne- never be available again. Then you'll just be able to get the regular Xbox One X. Um, plus, of course, <clears throat> if you want an Xbox One S right now, you can get a one terabyte console and get two extra games for free. Uh, But it's not just Xbox. That's obviously the big deal with Gamescom going on right now. But you can also get the Surface Book with Performance Base. You can get uh, a bunch of games, the HTC Vive, Office 365, and a lot more. uh, All available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. Now... We're not going to talk about Gamescom tonight, not even in the gaming segment, but that's because it's just getting going. Instead, we will wait until next week to talk about the stuff that we learn tonight and tomorrow. Uh, But for now, let's talk about Apple, but not our normal Apple has done something crazy. Instead, let's talk about something that Apple has done accidentally that has made a lot of people happy. In the most recent iOS uh, 11 beta, they released a new feature that is a panic mode uh, for the device so that if you're uh, about to be mugged or you're in a parking garage and there's something weird going on, you can rapid press the power button 
and it'll put the phone into a panic mode uh, so that you can uh, easily call the cops or an emergency contact number, which is a great idea. But the thing that comes along with it is that it'll also lock the device from being able to be used uh, with Touch ID. So that if you're mugged, somebody can't just take your finger, touch the Touch ID, steal all your your information off the phone, um, that type of thing. Uh, it's, it's a pretty logical extension of the feature um, and one that I'm pretty excited about, but not for the reason that Apple thinks. One of the things that has existed since the beginning of Touch ID um, and other other devices as well, but Touch ID uh, was kind of the first mass-marketed uh, phone uh, biosensor, right? So uh, since it came out, one of the big concerns that started with a, a professor here at University of South Florida and has made it, uh, there was an article on Wired about it, uh, that Touch ID could bypass the Fifth Amendment. So here's how. Normally, if you're pulled over and a cop suspects something and wants to access your phone, if you have a passcode on it, they cannot force you to give information, uh, but they can have you perform a simple task. For example, walking a straight line uh, if you're uh, suspected to be drunk. It's a simple task. It doesn't give away any information about you or anything like that. Well, unfortunately, putting your finger on a circle uh, was believed to be the same thing. Uh, a year later, uh, Virginia court ruled that that was the case. And so you had to make a decision. Do you use Touch ID for convenience and then, you know, potentially have uh, privacy issues? Or do you skip the, the Touch ID and use a, a PIN code? Uh, now you don't have to make that decision. Now you can rapid press the power button and lock the device from being able to be used with Touch ID uh, until you enter your PIN, which you cannot be forced to do kind of an interesting situation and one that we've talked about on the show long ago in the past like uh 2013 2014 that time period uh when the issue was first really raised uh but yeah it's it's an interesting situation what do you think abram so what's the so what's apple's reason for doing this if a mugger is coming to get you and you think they're gonna I, it's, I, I, how does this protect you from being mugged <clears throat> Well, this particular aspect of it doesn't protect you from being mugged. What it, uh, what the panic thing does do is gives you the ability. Uh, it's like the. Uh, did you see any of the panic rings that were at CES in like the Eureka Park area? There were a number. Oh, nice. There were a number of them, and you could like press and hold a button on the ring, and it would call somebody predetermined in your contact list. Mm -hmm. Th this is Apple building that directly into the phone. But somebody in Apple said, well, if you're panicked, maybe we should protect the data in the device, too. Right. Now, Apple hasn't talked about the feature at all in, in, any, in any detail. Somebody happened to uh, stumble across the feature. Uh, somebody on Twitter happened to stumble across the feature and happened mm -hmm. to mention it. And a lot of people went, oh, wait, that has another connotation as well. Mm -hmm. But, but wait a second. So, when you go into panic mode, you can call your your special contact, right? sure, without logging in. Correct. But if there's something, but there's a disadvantage here. Do you think everybody who has an iPhone remembers their PIN? I have no idea. Well, based on how bad the Touch ID works, in my experience, I imagine you would have to. Oh, okay. Because I could, I could totally imagine the situation where, like, you know, you use your Touch ID all the time. You don't remember remember your thing. Now you're locked out of your own phone. Well, anytime the the phone power cycles, you have to put your pin back in to unlock yeah. it. So, um, and again, with the battery life on an iPhone, my guess is most people experience Fair. the the Fair phone enough. turning off often enough. This seems like a very awkward conversation with the cop that's pulling you over, though. Like, sure, oh, hey, I can't, you know, I can't uh, unlock that for you. I can touch the thing, but you can see that it's not unlocked. 
you know um it it's true um but it's not a conversation that is a new one for police um the the chances of them attempting an unwarranted search of your device are slim unless you're coming into the country from somewhere else uh um but uh it it has happened um it has happened uh in at least one case to a uh god it was when blackberry was was big it, it was a there was a, a CEO of like a Fortune 1000 or a CTO or something, and uh, they got pulled over and the police tried to search the BlackBerry, uh, and they said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> There's corporate confidential information on here. Absolutely not. You cannot search it. And uh, if I remember correctly, they ended up destroying the device rather than letting the, <laughs> the cop have it. Yeah, I mean... So I think what we're really getting at here is this this is a nice little workaround, uh, but we need um, but really like electronic devices ought to be covered under uh, under the Fifth Amendment. Like it, it it doesn't make sense. And they are right. Like to an extent. Right. They can't. So they can't force you to unlock it. Right. Um and I would think they need a warrant to attempt to unlock it on their own, right? Yes. So it seems like an end run around the Fifth Amendment to say, like, well, we can make you put your finger on the thing so it's unlocked. Shouldn't they not be allowed to look at it even if you did unlock it? Um, unless, unless they have, quote, just cause. Just like they can enter enter a building if they have just cause such as hearing a gunshot or uh in this case uh seeing something questionable in your car the same reason that they're theoretically i don't i think they're not but that's for constitutional scholars to to deal with um uh it's it they're seems... able to search your trunk if they believe that there's there's just cause it seems odd to me because like you could come up with a case for where like it's urgent that they get into your trunk. Like they can't wait to call a judge and get a search warrant. I don't know. You could have, you could have a person alive and trapped in there. Sure. You could have, I don't know, a bomb in there. Like you, you know, there's like, there's imminent danger to someone potentially mm -hmm. sure. in your, in your trunk. What's the imminent danger to someone that is in your phone that they cannot wait to get a search warrant. I, I'm totally with you. I, <clears throat> I agree entirely that this particular scenario should not be allowed. But when when the Touch ID came out, a number of a number of legal scholars, including one here in Tampa, said, "Uh oh, I bet this is going to be covered under simple task. No way, this is going to be good." Uh, and, uh, a woman, Marsha Hoffman at Wired wrote an article in 2013 about it. And then a year later she posted on Twitter, told you. <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting world we live in when these Indeed. things sort of become, uh, issues. So, okay. I Agreed. guess good news. Good news. iPhone folks. When you're, when the cop is about to pull you over, hit the panic button, you know, just, Kind of, uh, kind of my default thought pattern anyway. If the if a cop is trying to pull me over, because the chances that I'm trying to do it are slim. Yeah, I, but, pa I panic anyway. Yes, but uh, anyway, so that's it. Is definitely an interesting feature, of course, for other devices that don't that don't have such a thing. Right. That don't have that mode, like Samsung phones or whatever. Um, I guess the thing is, don't use. Uh, well, do we know whether simple task includes like fingerprint readers that are on the back of the device? It does. Oh, okay. Cause so, it, yes. Cuz it doesn't it doesn't require you to testify against yourself. So, it they they cannot ask you for information, um, uh -huh. but that is considered to be not asking for information. It's considered a a simple task. Right. Well, okay. So, 
there you have it. If you don't support this and you're worried about police searching your phone, then maybe you should use a pen instead. Indeed. This week's Pilch Point on F5 Live is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the Monster Elements, available in on-ear and over-ear, like what I've got, plus a whole array of other headphones and speakers, uh, from the little hotshot to the giant Monster Blaster, which once again saved a uh, wedding reception over the weekend. (laughs) That's two now. Um, And then, of course, all the cables and power to connect these devices and your home entertainment and your computer as well are all available by going to plughitslive.com slash monster. And of course, that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Abram Pilch. Hey, Abram. Hey. I remembered, oh. your, t- I remembered your title this week. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, only been saying it for eight years, but whatever. I don't know how I freaked out last week. I used to get a new job title to change it up for you. Yeah, um, that, it was hard enough when we added Tom's Guide to the mix. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> so, speaking of Tom's Guide, uh, Monday is going to be, this week is a big day for us and for our sister site, Space.com. Which is uh, which they are part of our same parent company, Perch Incorporated, and they actually sit in the same office with us. Uh, and we are doing at Tom's Guide are doing a lot to cover the eclipse, and they are doing a lot to cover the eclipse. Uh, so, obviously, uh, eclipse mania has has hit the U.S. because <laughs> this is the first time in a long time that uh, that we're going to get this uh, kind of eclipse visible throughout most of the country. And uh, we won't see another one until 2024. So, uh, so we have some resources to help you uh, to help you enjoy the eclipse. Uh, for one, if you go to Tom'sGuide.com, we'll have some of these things linked from the homepage. Uh, but one one article that we have that's very important is where you, is wh- how you can watch the solar eclipse online. Now, you might be saying, why do I want to watch the eclipse online? Why don't I just go outside? Well, there are a few reasons why you might want to watch it online. One, you may have be in a cloudy area. Like you, if the weather is poor and it's cloudy, you can see feeds from other places that are much better than your view. Uh, second of all, if you don't have eclipse glasses, ones that have been ISO certified, you shouldn't be looking at the eclipse because you could potentially go blind. Uh, so the safest way to view the eclipse is through a, is through uh, a feed, and we have a list of several feeds you can visit. Uh, links to the ones from NASA TV, a ballooning project which actually sends balloons up to take a look at the eclipse above the clouds, uh, SLU, which is another place that has um, online access to telescopes around the world, including in Stanley, Idaho, which is one of the places that I think is in the line of totality where you can get a really good view. Uh, so I like that term line of totality. Yeah. Uh, it's line of totality means that you will see a hundred percent eclipse, meaning that the sun will be completely covered by obstructed by the moon at some point. Now here in New York where I'm living we're not in the line of totality. We will get about an 80% uh, occlusion. So, you know, pretty good, but not 100%. Um, and there are people who are, like, flying to places and taking hotels out and all this stuff. And, oh, boy, what a what a problem it'll be if it's a cloudy day because they flew all the way over to wherever and booked a hotel and now they can't see what they came for. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of wealthy eclipse chasers who make a, like a life out of this because there are eclipses around the world you know, all the time. But this is the first time we've had one that's really uh, covering uh, the whole United States, and we can see it over here uh, in North America. So uh, besides where to see it, uh, we also have a list of the best eclipse apps. 
so uh, some of these things, so some of these apps include uh, the NASA Globe Observer, which uh, which gives you, you know, which gives you a really good view. Uh, some of these are just also really good for uh, for not just for the eclipse, but for for you know sky watching all the time. Uh, so there's one called Star Walk 2 that we recommend, which uses augmented reality to give you an interactive telescope of the night sky. Uh, there is Eclipse Safari, which runs on both Android and iOS, even though it's called Safari, <laughs> uh, which gives you Eclipse news. Total Solar Eclipse, uh, which can tell you how much of the eclipse you'll be able to observe. Uh, so uh, we have a complete list of all of these apps and all the places that you can actually get a live stream of it um, on our uh, sister site, space.com. Uh, there's going to be even more coverage if you go to space.com and you, uh, first of all, just be on the homepage on, on Monday, but there's also a link at the top nav to Eclipse 2017. They will also have live feeds and uh, they will have reporters uh, around the country at, at major Eclipse spots in the, totality uh, you know getting pictures getting um, information uh, about the eclipse so uh, there so a lot of cool stuff uh, I would just caution people uh, that if you're going to view the eclipse make sure that you have the proper eclipse glasses uh, which you can see on space.com what what kind they are but they have to have the correct ISO certification on them and be purchased from a reputable source because apparently there's some ones that are faking it. Because uh -huh. uh, if you look at the sun without them or with glass or with glasses that are the wrong kind, uh, you could get serious vision damage or, or even go blind. So uh, and you wouldn't know it until maybe the next day. So I actually read an interesting warning interview with a a man who I think lost his vision during an eclipse sometime in the 60s yeah. uh, where he's like, I know it sounds insane, but it's not. It's true. Don't don't do it. Don't be me. I've been I've been living with this for 50 years now. Don't. It seemed it seemed so not worth it. Like just like like if you think that you don't have the glasses or you're worried that they're going to fall, you know, whatever. I'm kind of worried like my son. uh you know, wants to go out and take a look at it and he's five years old. And mm -hmm. like, if he gets the temptation, we have the glasses for him, but if he gets the temptation to like take them off or, or like they fall off his face, you know, I worry about it. Um, you know, like, yeah, it's cool. But like, how much is it really worth? Just look at a picture, you know, but, and if you want to look at a picture and you want to look at a live stream, no glasses necessary. We have the article for you too. So, uh, anyway, that's uh, so uh, whether you want to actually be there and look at it or you want to watch it online, uh, definitely check out our site, tomsguide.com and check out our sister site, space.com. You know, I think this is the first time since uh, since we've been doing this that we've been able to to like actively talk about one of the sister sites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh I've also been recruited to like help help them tomorrow, so I, I'm I'm invested in this. <laughs> you know, um, I'm I'm kind of guest uh, guest helping them with whatever things they might need tomorrow because it's such a big day for them. Sure. Uh, so, uh, but it's always an honor to be to be working with the folks over there. They do a fantastic job. They are without question the leading uh, the leading resource for anyone who's interested in in space. Uh, and this is a this is a bit this is a big deal for for them, but it's a big deal for for everyone. So uh, so cool times. Enjoy it. Stay safe. Visit our site. Visit our sites. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, Abram, uh, thank you. Uh, like you and I were talking about before the show, uh, I can't get behind this the I, I don't know I, I haven't gotten the excitement that seemingly most of the rest of the world has 
I I haven't but, I haven't gotten as excited about it either. Although there's so much excitement in my office, I can't like help but think like it's got to be a bigger deal than it seems to me. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm so so I'm definitely gonna try to go up on the roof of my office tomorrow for at least a minute or two and see see what all the see what it's about because sure. uh, because obviously people a lot of people are very excited about it and uh, you know. It, it sounds cool, but I, I also question whether I could just, you know, get the same for looking at a picture. But uh, but obviously a lot of people want to see it live. So. Sure. Well, I appreciate you bringing the information. Um, and obviously anybody who's listening live or or later, make sure you check out uh, both sites for your resources before the eclipse happens, which is in like. What eighteen hours, sixteen hours, fifteen hours. 15 so hours. I believe it's going from like twelve to four. Sounds about um, right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, thank you for bringing that information. It's always wonderful to get uh, the expert view from from like space dot com and something like this. So, so thank you as always. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Create or destroy. Get $500 in creative software or $200 in games right now when you buy select Razer Blade laptops with Core i7 processors. The deal is almost over. I think there's only a couple days left in it. Um, If you buy a Stealth, you can get uh, a whole creative package with Corel Painter and Video Studio and Aftershot. And if you get a uh, Razor Blade or a Razor Blade Pro, uh, you've got World of Warships and Counter-Strike and Robocraft and Euro Truck and Dreadnought and a whole bunch of games. Uh, and all of the, uh, the packages are available right now by going to f5live.tv slash Razor. As I mentioned earlier, uh, we will talk Gamescom stuff next week. But for this week... Let's talk about Battle.net <laughs> and uh, Blizzard's bizarre attempt to retire a brand name that was 20 years old and that kind of everybody in the gaming world uh, knew and loved and the fact that it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, 11 months ago, they announced that Battle.net was over. They, they felt that the name uh, was too focused on the online play aspect and didn't quite make sense for things like their streaming service battle.net streaming just it didn't have the right turn the right uh feel to it so they were going to rename everything uh under the blizzard brand as it turns out uh renaming a brand is very difficult especially after 20 years and so this week they announced uh never mind we're <laughs> forget that we're not trying anymore um we're going to call it BlizzardBattle.net. How's that sound? In all of our graphics, uh, but we'll keep the Battle.net name because, wow, that was a bigger undertaking than we expected. <laughs> uh, if, if you've ever been involved in a rebrand, it can be complicated. We rebranded the show a number of years ago, and it was unbelievably difficult. Um our software company changed names a couple of years ago, and that was pretty difficult, too. I can't imagine trying to be Blizzard and rebranding Battle.net. Like, they couldn't even get their own employees to change the name internally. Yeah, I mean, generally, rebranding is is, is a bad idea. Uh, you know, and, and I can... And uh, without talking too much about my, my, uh, my day job... You know, many a times that we talked about rebranding uh, laptop magazine mm-hmm. Mac because uh, we used to cover a lot more non-laptop stuff on there, and you know, but there was this fear that like, oh man, people aren't going to know who we are, 
and then we're going to have real problems. Uh, and so we didn't do it. And then the time, the time passed. Uh, so, you know, it's, I mean, if you got to do it, you got to do it, but it doesn't seem like they got to do it. No, definitely not. It was just, it was just a case of trying to put <clears throat> their own brand name out in front of the product, which I mean, is a bit of a bit of a branding trend right now. Uh, you see, you know, Apple has retired the I. Um, Microsoft has started putting their name in front of things. Samsung has started putting their name in front of things. Instead of just yeah. letting them be their own thing, they're putting the parent brand on top. Um, but I, it was an interesting move that was never going to work. I I can tell you, it was never going to work. Nobody was going to call it anything but Battle.net because it's just been around too long there and and as proof <laughs> this is this is my favorite part of the whole thing when uh when Activision announced that Blizzard was going to be responsible for the PC launch of Destiny 2 both Activision and Bungie referred to it as BattleNet now this was like 8 months into the rebranding effort <laughs> And you couldn't even get the parent company to call it by the name or or a developer who was actively working with the product that was going to be part of their launch. They you couldn't even get them to call it by the new name. <laughs> there was it was just it was a, a battle that couldn't have been won. It was a battle net that couldn't have been won. Uh, Oh, so <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't see the point of doing something unless unless the current brand is extremely limiting to you or just screams like out of date. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like, for sure. So like things to be fair to Apple, the eye, well, they kind of own the eye, so it's all right. But I used to mean Internet. Right. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's why they did it. Right. Right. And so and that's become kind of passe because that's like everything has the internet now. Yeah. And um, and they had kind of lost control over the lowercase i branding. Like everybody was using it. There's a company yes. called iDevices that makes a, a digital thermometer uh, for like meat. They had totally lost yes. control over the branding. Yes. I love. <laughs> uh-huh. Isn't there the I love speaker? I home. There's, there's a lot. I hope. There, yeah, there's a lot there's of There's one of those like around here somewhere. Yeah, so right. So it is true they've kind of lost control of the eye branding. But they can't they can't quit it, right? Um on the other hand, I feel like Apple could. I don't know. They re- it's not iTunes podcasts anymore. Yeah. They 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 could quit iPhone, I don't know. Probably it's just so synonymous with things. It probably would be hard. The the 10th anniversary device might be the time to give it a try, though. I I mean, if Google could move from Nexus to Pixel, why can't Apple move from iPhone to Apple phone or something? Uh, So I don't don't know. It's necessarily. I mean, it's just like if you don't have to do it. But I think a reason to do it is if you feel like the name that you have has an association with something that's out of date. Or is too constraining. Like, yeah. oh man, with this name, I can't. It seems like I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Like, for example, we're laptop bag. It doesn't seem like we should be reviewing phones, which we used to do. So, um, you know, so I, I think those are the reasons why why you would want to rebrand. But people should be very. I mean, companies should be very careful about what they do, because there's negative publicity associated with it. Like, look what happened with Netflix with Quickster. Oh, wasn't that all, wasn't that whole problem about the branding, about the rebrand? Wasn't that the I mean, because I mean, yes, I guess some people were upset that they were they were making them different services with the like DVD service versus mm-hmm. the the streaming service that they were trying but, to almost try and make them unrelated companies. But like the fact that they changed the brand name of it. It's sort of like ah, we don't like this old, old school DVD stuff anymore. We're gonna call it Quickster. Seemed like, seemed dumb. Like, why did you need to do that? Although I will tell you, 
from a bit of a schadenfreude standpoint, I tried so hard to get... Because obviously they had already had envelopes printed. You, you know that they did. I tried so hard to get him to send me one. <laughs> well, it's sort of like it's sort of like all those T-shirts that people have of try to get of the like losing team in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and saying they won. Yeah, you know, because you know there's thousands of those things made, and they actually do try to distribute them to like developing nations. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, so. Rebrands are difficult. This one was never going to work. (laughs) So rebrands are difficult, and this one was never going to work. Sometimes you got to do it, but I don't think they need to do it. So it's good that they're giving up. It's just they're gonna. It's gonna have a new logo, which is fine. Um, It's gonna have the Blizzard name on top, and then Battle.net underneath, which is just fine. You can you can do it that way, uh, but trying to get rid of and but even then, nobody's gonna call it Blizzard Battle.net. Everybody's just gonna call it Battle.net. And I think they have finally come around to that reality. <laughs> yeah. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let the professionals do it for you because that's what they get paid for. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From blockbusters to grizzly, I don't know, it appears to be a giant bear, Um, they've got a little bit of everything. Uh, The way it usually works is for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you happen to have the movie, but not Quickster, and laugh. Uh, (laughs) Um... From time to time, they mix things up, and they'll do a live show. Their most recent one was this past Thursday. It was uh, Doctor Who. Uh, the, the How many doctors? A number of them. What's the name of it? Five doctors. That's the one. Uh, the good news is, if you missed it on Thursday, you can see it this coming Thursday as well. The 24th in theaters nationwide, there will be an encore presentation. Uh, and you can get your tickets. Uh, find out all the movies that are available and all the MP3s that you can download by going to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. Thank you, Aram. Yes. I would like to see. I don't think they have one, a riff tracks of the movie that I saw last night. That's all I want to say. Uh-oh. Of Transformers 4. Uh, it was on for free, and that movie deserves to be riffed. Um, let's see. I've, I'm on the site right now. I don't, I, I, I see a request for it. I don't think they've done it. I see what appears to be the original Revenge of the Fallen, Dark of the Moon. Yeah. No, no Age of Extinction. Nope. Looks like just the first three for right now. But, but it's, if they've done three of them... Chances are you won't be able I mean, to keep them from doing another. All, all I can say is it's it's so bad. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. I mean, you know, it was on for free, on demand or whatever. And you are getting you are getting hearts for these comments on Periscope, just so you know. Uh, well, <laughs> did you have you seen the movie? No. There's one part that just like you you can't help but riff it, like <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is the guy main guy and his daughter is a 17 year old girl and she's like the Megan Fox replacement for uh-huh. this movie, and at one point he finds out that she's, she has a secret boyfriend. She meets her he meets her boyfriend. The boyfriend's 20 years old. He says to the boyfriend, "You know what you're doing with my daughter is is illegal. I could call the police," and the boyfriend stops the movie and says. No, it's fine because we're exempted under the Romeo and Juliet law in Texas. It's this statute number, and I'm carrying a laminated copy of the law with me. What the what? (laughs) Yes. And he goes on to give like a legal explanation of why of why what he of why (laughs) what he's doing with the daughter is not 
is not illegal or, you know, he has some exemption from it or whatever, but, uh, it is the most bizarre. And it's like a three minute conversation about the whole thing. Like they spend less time explaining the plot than they do explaining why it's not illegal for him to be with the 20 year old boyfriend to be with a 17 year old daughter, which was completely unnecessary because almost nobody was there. Like nobody was thinking it. Also, you know, like nobody's they, there's no evidence that they, you know, yeah. Consummated this relationship. (laughs) But now that, but now that like they, they, they start talking about it. Like, so now, like if you were going to watch this movie with your kids, now you have to explain to them what, like, being under age of consent means like <laughs> wait a second i was just trying to have to show my kid a movie with giant robots fighting and now i have to explain like <laughs> law these laws to to my kid I mean, my son was asleep thankfully but i'm just saying like oh don't show your kids <laughs> oh avram i so, so very badly now want to do a bad movie review show with you <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I certainly could do it. Anyway. <laughs> so spe- certainly- speaking of bizarre, not as bizarre as that, but I guess yeah. I don't have a choice but to make that transition. Um, so there's been a trend on Facebook that I guarantee everybody has noticed and everybody has wondered why. You have probably noticed videos playing in your Facebook feed that are actually just photos. And... Kind of everybody has looked and gone, okay, that seems unnecessary, but whatever. Um, I even got a phone call from my father. Why is this happening? (laughs) I don't know. As it turns out, one of the primary reasons that it's happening, there's a lot of theories, but the primary reason right now that it's happening is because of Facebook's algorithm that uh, promotes uh, video content. So... If you want to share a photo meme, the best way to do it is as a video because you're more likely to go to the top of somebody's uh, newsfeed. Okay. Anytime you create a game or anytime you add rules to something innocuous, you create a game. Anytime you have a game, there are going to be people who play it well. So here we have people who are playing it well, but the thing about it is it's weird and it uses up data that it doesn't need to use. And uh, both for trans- transmitting it to you and um, for storing it on Facebook servers. So, Facebook has said that they have come up with a technology whose name I do not remember. Um, motion scoring, where they're going to look at frame by frame and ensure that there is actually motion in the video. And if not, will demote the video. Aha. Uh-huh. So cue somebody figuring out how to get around this. Uh-huh, exactly. Because, again, once you create rules, you've created a game. And once you have a game, you will have people who are good at playing it. My guess is we're going to start seeing text, like, sway in videos. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it is a little ridiculous, though, because if someone is, is posting garbage like that and you don't want to see it, like, one possibility is to unfollow that person uh-huh. or that institution. It's probably an institution, not a not a person that would uh-huh. do that. It's not like you really care about getting the top of your friend's feed. It's more like, you know, you're running, you know, a website and you have the Facebook presence for it or a brand or something like that. Right. Um, so, but hey. You know, we this is the case with SEO, right? How many people have tried to find all the tricks, which is why Google keeps it a secret, uh-huh. like exactly uh, what, you know, what the different tricks are. Um, and and they've made their algorithm so complicated over the years that it's hard to find one thing you could do. But remember all the time people would put like, you know, all kinds of keywords repeated over and over again at the bottom of the page. Yeah. Or in white on a white background. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. So and and now that hurts you hugely. Um yeah. because once you create a game, the people who are in charge of it become the referees. And so that's yeah. that's what Google did there and what Facebook is doing here. Obviously people will look for new loopholes. 
Um, speaking of uh, websites trying to to find a spot on Facebook, uh, the other weird thing that you've probably noticed, especially in the last couple of months, is uh, links to websites with fake video play buttons on them. Oh. That will also uh, start getting uh, majorly demoted uh, as part of this next uh, feed update. Now, you might wonder why Facebook cares, and it's because of this. The reason why that they started promoting video content uh, is because, well, Facebook is creating their own video content platform. Yeah. And they want to keep you on the site. They want uh-huh. to keep you on Facebook. Right. And they want to keep you within the things that are going to directly generate them revenue, which in this case is going to be Facebook Watch. And so um, things that are distracting you or annoying you, you. Oh, annoying you away from wanting to look at video on Facebook are all problems for them. Also, if you click that link, think you're getting video and then you get sent to another site that you like, you know. Mm-hmm. You've you've probably ended. You may have ended your Facebook session there. Maybe you'll hit back. Maybe you won't. So, right. you know, well, you don't want th- people leaving the site if you, if they don't have to. Those sites do tend to be of reputable of uh, what uh, of questionable reputation. So, usually you'll hit the back button pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, indeed, Facebook doesn't want people leaving the site uh, via weird external fake links and they also don't want you to get annoyed at video on Facebook so that you don't interact with the Facebook watch content. So uh, that is why likely why Facebook is uh, worrying about this because normally they just leave stuff like that go for as long as whatever. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, my guess is that they do not want to annoy people with fake video stuff so that they'll actually interact with the revenue driver, which will be Facebook Watch. It sounds reasonable to me. I mean, these are things actually, whether they are in Facebook's interest, but they're also in their, in their user's interest. So Yeah, indeed. So, you know, they, they, should, they, they should do it. And if you think about it, it also just kind of shows how far uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning have, have come. In, a, in a very short order. Because, and... and I mean, this is true with a lot of things, right? Because you have Facebook now is really smart about suggesting tagging people, mm-hmm. right? Like, so it knows who you are from looking at the picture a lot of the time. Yeah. Right? Like, my wife took a picture of me and some other people and my son yesterday, and, like, Facebook tried to auto-tag me, you know, in the in the picture. Sure. It knew who I was. Ooh. Very <laughs> bizarre. Uh, you know, a little... Cause I wasn't like, I wasn't even that close to the front. Um, but anyway, so Facebook, you know, at, no, Facebook asked me if I wanted to tag somebody in a photo that I didn't realize, uh, that that's who it was in the photo. Right. So obviously if they can find a person's face and figure out who it is, then they can probably find an arrow on, uh-huh. a, on a on a JPEG, yeah. Like, oh, this looks like a play arrow in the middle of the thing. Mm-hmm. They can probably find, and they can probably l- compare the different um, frames of a video to see how similar they are. Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm personally perfectly happy with uh, particularly the uh, the video photo or photo videos or whatever weird meme thing they are. Uh, I'm perfectly okay with those going away because again, they take data transmission for no reason. So anyway, um, you will start seeing that roll out uh, possibly already. Um, Obviously we know that Facebook rolls out their, their changes in waves uh, based on what server cluster you're on. So you may have noticed it already. You may not have, uh, but whatever it is, you will likely see it in the next couple of days as well as um, circular uh, profile photos. I know that's going to piss some people off, but there you go. There it is. It's coming. Uh I don't really care about that (laughs) one way or the other. Yeah, I don't either. It's the wave of the future, Avery. 
This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Groove Music. All the music you love, play ad-free from one of the largest catalogs on the planet. You can listen anywhere, whether it be on your PC, your tablet, your Xbox 360, or Xbox One, whether it be the original, the S, or the X, uh, on your smartphone, whether it be Android, iPhone, or Windows, or of course, just on the web. Plus, you can download music on up to three devices. Uh, so when you don't want to use your data, like Facebook, um, you can uh, play without having to stream it. And of course, all the features that you would expect, create playlists and custom radio stations based on artists and genres and stuff like that. And you can get a three, what? A free 30-day trial. A three? That's not the right word. A free 30-day trial by going to f5live.tv slash groove. A three trial. I don't even know what a three trial is. <laughs> oh, if you can't tell, guys, I've got a little bit of a headache today. So I'm not always making the sense that I would normally make. Anyway, so um, let's talk about HBO for a minute and the uh, security problems they've managed to get themselves into. And I don't know how. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, there have been at least three separate uh, data breaches inside of HBO. The, uh, the first one was very well publicized. Um, a terabyte and a half of data was taken from HBO's servers and about a hundred, what? No, like two or three gig of it was released. And then uh, HBO was uh, extorted for Bitcoin if they wanted the rest of the information to not be released. One of the pieces that was released was um, the names, addresses, and phone numbers of all of the Game of Thrones actors, so that's not brilliant. Um, but also, uh, there were uh, episode scripts and all kinds... Uh, emails. Oh, emails from executives, uh, an executive contact list, which was no good. Um, all kinds of, of stuff in the little bit that they did release. Um but then there was the, the potential for a lot more, and uh, HBO has offered them a smaller amount as a good faith thing so that maybe uh, they can find them and potentially uh, solve it without having to pay a whole lot. And the reason why they feel that might work is because this week, the second breach <laughs> that released a, uh, an episode of Game of Thrones a full video episode of Game of Thrones before it aired um, ended in four arrests in India. As it turns out, uh, HBO does not stream all of their own content in every country. Uh, sometimes they make partnerships with existing streaming services in some countries. In India's case, this uh, the company that they streamed with, four of their employees actually stole the information after HBO sent it over to, uh, to queue up into the streaming service and release it on uh, probably on a torrent site. So those four have been arrested. There are uh, uh, obviously there's investigations still pending. There's a lot that still has to be done, but four arrests there. And then the third one was almost identical, except that it uh, involved Curb Your Enthusiasm, which uh, hasn't even come back yet. So yikes. Oh, so they got new episodes? Yeah. Before everybody else? Yeah. Well, there are there are episodes, uh, at least the first one or two episodes of the new season uh, that won't premiere until October um, are available online now. Now, they're going to be on, you know, in scary places, so I wouldn't recommend looking for them. Um, but, yeah, uh, same kind of situation, a couple of episodes uh got out early. Whoops. <sighs> wow. Well, do you remember people used to say information just wants to be free? Uh-huh. Uh, well, think about all the hacks that we've seen the last few years. You know, we've had major uh, data breaches of companies that, uh, you know, hold people's uh, personal financial information mm -hmm. and their social security numbers. Uh, we've had, we have had account breaches at major uh, sites that hold people's passwords. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, retailers have accidentally given away credit card information. 
that's almost like the least problem mm-hmm. because I know, right? Uh, Isn't that crazy? That's almost like the, the that's least the, of the calmest of the issues is that because that Target had eight months of credit card information just constantly going out. <laughs> because if you think about it, um, you know, credit card purchases are insured. Mm-hmm. It's easy enough to get a new credit card issued and not and not have to pay uh, for the bogus charges. Boy, but, I wish I wish that was my scenario this week. Anyway, keep going. But if you know people have access to other stuff of yours, like the ability that they can open a credit account in your name, yeah, then you're really in trouble. Yeah. Um, so if they get like your social security number, or they start to get like too much personal information, you where they can start to like apply for a credit card in your name. Yep then you're in trouble yeah you know more so than if they get one credit card sure um but i digress so we're living in a world where there's a lot of data breaches all the time it does really obviously people need to have better security uh although the problem with with security is there's always a human element Mm -hmm. so with the with this uh streaming service in india you see that right so the guys who were caught, were they employees in the streaming service? Yep. So they were probably supposed to have access. Yep. So it's not like somebody hacked in. Right. And, you know, broke in. They were supposed to have access. So, so you know, that's the problem. And then you have a lot of spear phishing going on where people are being sent an email. You know, they know who to target and how to target them. And then they get access. So the human beings are usually the weakest point. Yeah. In any of this, uh, you know, but maybe what people and companies should start doing is looking at what information do we actually need to have on online and on our servers? Yeah. Like, and, and what stuff should be like fully blacklisted? You know, so like Curb Your Enthusiasm, they're not airing it for a while, right? Right. Do they, could they, I don't know, like I don't, I don't know anything about how like television networks work, but could they have not like put that on, you know, on a hard drive, on external hard drive somewhere? Right. And that wasn't connected to the internet uh, and held it there until right before it airs or something like that. I mean, obviously... <laughs> that's not the best data policy in the sense of like, you'd like it to be accessible um, to whoever in the organization needs to have it. But, you know, could you kind of keep it disconnected from the internet? Similarly, if you're going to say something that would really embarrass, embarrass your organization, maybe you should do it on a phone call or in person (laughs) rather than an email. Right. Like, right. You know, look at the Sony hack and all the things that they said in the Sony hack. Yeah. Like a lot of that was just like conversational stuff. And, you know, maybe you should always operate on the assumption that if you send an email, it might be exposed. Right. Now that limits the usefulness of your online communication. But that might be the conclusion that we all have to draw Sure. Because we're living in a world where data breaches just seem to happen and happen. So maybe instead of trying to figure out how we always prevent them, which is great, like let's do everything we can to prevent them, but maybe we should limit the surface area of what we're exposing and what we're, we're, what we're actually saying uh, in, in electronic uh, communication. Absolutely. That, that all makes sense to me. Control... Control what you can control, right? You can't necessarily control uh, the people entirely. That, I mean, maybe a better hiring policy for that company in, in India may have may have helped, uh, but you don't know. They may have been the most trustworthy people the company thought they had. But control what you can control. Don't put curb your enthusiasm in a place that it can be accessed by somebody <laughs> who's looking to steal stuff. Don't, don't say crazy things in emails that, cause emails are not secure. 
know that, guys. Just because somebody doesn't hack into your email doesn't mean that your emails are not public information. Because every email you send, on average, bounces to three servers before it uh, makes it to the person you're sending it to. And all those servers are caching it. <laughs> so, yeah. So just just know that any information that's out there is out there. So just control what information's out there. That that's a good general rule for all of us, Avram, and thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean just just try to limit, you know, you want to you want to badmouth uh, you know, one of your employees or your boss, do it do it F to F. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't do it in a place where the inf- where that conversation might get cached. Yeah, and face to face is like the least likely place it might be cached. Yeah, it's not guaranteed to not be, <laughs> because there could be a a recorder in somebody's pocket. But at least the chances of that conversation being cached are slim. Yeah, I mean we've seen it now many times. You know we're th- you know we've seen what happened to Sony. We're seeing what happened to HBO. We saw this had a, a major impact on the presidential mm-hmm. campaign last year. So clearly, uh, you should not assume that your emails are, are always going to are going to be secure because they are not ever, <laughs> unless you were sending it on the same server. They are never secure. And that is our show. Uh, thank you for those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. Uh, and you can always do that by going to f5live.tv slash join us on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you're not able to join us live, that is okay. Plugitslive.com slash subscribe. There you can subscribe to all of our shows. This one and the Pilch Point and all of our other series as well. Uh, before we go, I want to say congratulations to uh, uh, Thomas French who is one of our uh, game reviewers and has filled in uh, on the show in the past uh, if I have not had uh, somebody to sit next to me. Um, He and his now wife, Karina, got married on Thursday. Uh, So congratulations to you guys. Uh, They are a great couple, and I was uh, honored to be invited to the wedding uh, and to be asked to do a a photography for the wedding, which is, oh boy, there are very few things in the world like wedding photography to make you uh, uncomfortable because you get one shot at that. (laughs) But uh, they they trusted me with it, which we'll see how well that turns out. Um, Anyway, so congratulations to you guys. Um, I guess uh, on the reviewing topic, if you are interested, and our viewers, if you are interested in uh, possibly doing some uh, reviews, particularly for video games, because boy, are we getting a lot of uh, <laughs> review requests lately, uh, send me an email, uh, contact at pluckets.com. Uh, we're looking for a couple of, couple of people to join us. So uh, uh, let me know over there, or you can get me on social media. However, makes sense. Uh, we'll talk about what it might entail and... Uh, Yeah. So uh, I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you guys back next week. Ciao.